Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Brawn Body Health and Fitness Podcast. I'm so glad that you're joining us today. Today I'm joined by Dr. Will Waterman from Proteus Motion, and we're going to be discussing Proteus Motion, what it is, and all the amazing features that it has. And we're also going to discuss a lot about the next generation of sports science and where the future of fitness is going. Now, before we get to this episode, normally there's a sponsor. But I'm actually looking for new podcast sponsorships. So if you or your business, your company wants to start sponsoring episodes or the podcast in general, please feel free to reach out to me either on Instagram, email, cell phone, MySpace. I'm sure my account's still out there somewhere. Whatever works for you. You can also check out the affiliate links below, which help me keep the podcast rolling through some financial support. Enjoy the podcast. Will, welcome to the podcast. Super excited to have you on today, man. Hey, thanks for having me. For people who aren't familiar with you personally and Proteus, Proteus Motion, everything you guys are doing, would you mind kind of filling them in a little bit about who you are and all the amazing stuff your company's doing? Yeah, yeah. So first off, I'll say, uh, I'll talk a little bit about Proteus first. You know, <laughs> uh, I think, I think then we could maybe talk about, uh, talk about me, but um, you know, I think for people that aren't seeing, you know, can't see Proteus, it's always a kind of difficult thing to describe, right? Um, but essentially, it's a state-of-the-art testing device that can also be used for training, okay? And it is a machine that can measure in three dimensions for the first time ever. So, uh, when you think about doing testing, you know, on individuals at a gym or, you know, what you're typically going to do in a PT clinic, right? Everything that we test right now, uh, we do uh, using resistance modalities that are coming from a single plane of mo movement, right? So, uh, excuse me, single plane of resistance. But with Proteus, we can now measure in all three directions at once. So the best way to think about it is that, you know, when you lift up using a pulley or a free weight, that resistance is coming from one direction and pull it's case of a free weight's coming down from gravity. Um, so if you move that weight left or right, or, you know, anything but up and down, you're not getting as accurate of a measurement. Well, with Proteus, we can actually measure all three dimensions at once. And then the software will then record that and analyze it uh, for your ability to produce power, velocity, acceleration, deceleration, all these things. And then it'll actually give you recommendations on how you should train based on those results. So as a clinician, someone like yourself, you can use it to, you know, with your patients to see how they compare to the, the injured side versus the uninjured side, or you can even look at it compared to the norms for whatever group that you're working with. So let's say you're working with a, you know, 18 year old softball player. You can literally go in and say like, Hey, I want to see how this person compares to other 18 year old softball players, uh, either high school, collegiate level, you can set those filters. And so you can really get a sense for the norm, right? That normative value of what your performance looks like. Um, and then on top of all that testing, you can also train on it as well. Um, the 3d resistance has some unique benefits and, you know, happy to jump into that if, if we want, 
on, on training as well. So you can not only use it as a testing device, but you can use it as a, as a training device too. Yeah. So thousand percent, man. Yeah. We'll definitely get into that. And I like how you mentioned that it gives very objective feedback in the uh, testing side of things, because you and I both know, I know you have that physical therapy background, but your four plus out of five muscle strength is probably going to be a little different than my four plus out of five muscle strength. So I'd rather put a number to things instead of just kind of really guesstimating how strong someone is. Totally. Yeah. And and that's the thing. And what we really make it easy to do is, you know, the other thing I'll think about, or I want to kind of really emphasize is less than 5% of human movement is actually in a straight line. Right. So the rest of human movement is all multiplanar, multidirectional. Right. And, and until produce, there hasn't been a way to objectively, to your point, measure those things. And like you said, because it's consistent in every direction, even changes in body position for the athlete, uh, different joint angles, it doesn't matter because we're always creating the same resistance in every direction, no matter what direction you move. We're perfectly mirroring your movement with that resistance. So it allows you to be have like a pure objective measure for the athlete and across all these different things. It's not just strength, it's power, velocity, acceleration, all these other things, which are obviously all really important to sports performance, to just life performance, right? You, you have to be able to not just generate, use your strength, you have to be able to use velocity and power to do these things in a healthy way without getting injured. So, um, you know, we're providing a way for people to, to look at that and measure that, uh, you know, consistently. And I think one of the hardest things to really emphasize to people is the efficiency of it. You can do a full body assessment that's like 15 movements, it's push, pull, you know, in the upper body, uh, trunk rotation, lateral, you know, jumps, all this that looks at power for every major region of the body. You could do a test like that on Proteus. In a normal gym, that'd probably take you what, like 20, 30 minutes, right? To get power for all these major things. And you probably couldn't do it all in one. You might not even be able to do it all in one session. With Proteus, you can do that in under five minutes, right? So now we're talking about just not only adding the ability to measure so much more, but the efficiency uh, part of it is super key. If you're looking at one body part, so someone like you working with injured areas of the body, let's say you want to look at a shoulder, and you just wanted to look at, you know, internal external rotation at zero, 90, maybe one other movement. We're talking one minute, right, of testing. So think of how much more you can frequently you can test, you can track that progress, you can show those physicians and, and the patients how they're progressing, you know, on a week to week, even day to day basis, if you want. And it's just a really powerful tool for that. Yeah, definitely, man. And as we said earlier, you get the objective feedback for everything, which we think is huge. But I also think that having the computer software and AI to be able to run the data algorithms for you, right? So you'll see where that person is day one, and you can see every step along their journey. And if all of a sudden you see a little dip down one day, that gives you the opportunity to actually explore that, you know, Mm -hmm. is it time to update your training? Is it, you know, that person didn't sleep well and you can start to treat the whole person instead of just, you know, doing the same stuff over and over and over again. I think the ability to screen a full body 
power assessment and overall strength assessment is huge, especially in the speed that you're able to do it with Proteus, because we both know no body part works in isolation. So you mentioned shoulder rotation. Okay, well, in order for me to rotate my shoulder, I'm probably going to need a little bit of movement from my ST joint, scapulothoracic joint. My thoracic mobility is going to play a key there. So if I don't have good mobility and stability in other places of my body, I'm not actually going to get the maximum of performance I want out of my shoulder. So just because the shoulder might be the thing giving us the problems, there might be deficits elsewhere. And I'm doing the person in front of me a huge disservice if I don't even take the time to look at them especially when you have something that it'll only take three minutes to do that with. Yeah, no, totally. I think you hit the nail on the head. And and we've seen that with a lot of the PT customers that we have that are using PT clinics, they'll use Proteus to assess those, you know, more distal or, or more uh, proximal joints and body areas to an injury to see how it compares uh, to the norm, but also to, you know, their uninjured side. And uh, it's amazing how many times they find, you know, that, you know, that, you know, we learned this in PT school, but how much those injuries do affect these other body areas. And they, we've even had insurance companies extend care uh, for our PT customers because they see the objective data on how it's affecting other areas besides just the injured site. Um, and, 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 you know, that's a really powerful data point to be able to show that. Um, and I think it's just an extension of what we do with the sports performance you know, world, right? Like when we, let's say we're looking at someone's golf swing or a golfer and you know, not their golf swing, you know, golf swing, you're not going to use us. You're going to use golf simulator and all that. But uh, if you're, if we're analyzing a golfer, we put, you put them through a golf specific test and we're just looking at each component of that swing. We're looking at their lower body ability to generate power, their ability to generate trunk rotation, their ability to translate power through the shoulders. And it's really just the same concept as you would in the PT world. Um, It's just applying it obviously to a full body and looking more specific movement versus when you're in the PT world, you're looking at an injured area, you're probably starting with more of the proximal and distal joints to that area. And then the uh, comparing it to the opposite side. And then as they get closer to return to sport, you'll get into more sports specific testing on Proteus as well. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, man. So I know Proteus is fairly new to the market. And if people are pulling up pictures and videos of it, they yeah. might look at it and say like, Hey, you know, I bet you an adjustable height cable column might be able to do the same movement pattern. Nah. I was going to say, <laughs> what's your, what's your take on Proteus versus like cable machines? Oh man. So this one is the hardest thing, and we, we actually address this a lot on our social media. So you can probably go on our social media and see some well, well-made videos by our social media team on it. Now I'm in a few of them, but um, so essentially remember that for, with a pulley, when you, you pull, use a pulley, no matter how you use it, even if the resistance from the pulley is constant, meaning if you look at a, the resistance that's coming from a Kaiser machine, for instance, it's pneumatic, right? It's air resistance. It's very, they're very good at creating the same amount of resistance coming out of that pulley. However, if I do something like a trunk rotation, so everyone who's listening, imagine doing a trunk rotation, you grab that pulley and you stand, you know, parallel to it and you start doing the rotation. Let's say you're going from left to right, you rotate from the left and then that pulley is at a 90 degree angle with your body 
uh, you know, when it's right in the middle of your range of motion and then you continue all the way to the right and now it's laying flat across your arm, right? When you do that on a pulley, what you're, what's happening is you're getting different resistance throughout the range of motion. So at the beginning, when before you pull it out, the lever arm's very small. So the resistance you experience as the user is very low. When you get to that middle point where it's at 90 degrees, it feels a lot heavier and everyone knows this feeling, right? You get through that middle, it's harder. Same thing when you're lifting, a, a, doing a bicep curl, um, you know, with, with a dumbbell, it's heaviest kind of in that middle area where your arm is creating that long lever. Uh, and then you keep going throughout the range of motion. You pull that pulley all the way out. And now the ropes laying across you, it decreases from that center point all the way to there. So what that means is we don't know or no one can know exactly where that resistance is peaking and where in the range of motion it's peaking. And even a slight change in my body position, if I just angle myself just a little bit to the left, right? Or towards the machine, I've now changed where that resistance peaks within the range of motion. And so it technically, it, in theory, it actually makes ability to measure and do that consistently almost impossible because you never know exactly where that range of motion is um, or where that resistance is peaking in the range of motion. With Proteus, when you start that same rotational movement, the resistance is the same at the beginning, middle, and end. It's always perfectly opposing your direction of movement. So that's why it's different. Not to mention, if when I bring it back to the starting position, I actually have to use the opposite musculature to bring it back. Whereas with a pulley, you would pull concentrically with one set of muscles and then eccentrically lower back to the other. With Proteus, you're going to pull with one side and then push back in the other the, the better way if we go out at the bicep tricep analogy or, or excuse me the bicep curl analogy uh if you do let's say you're doing a bicep curl with a with a pulley you do a, that bicep curl and then you'd use your the eccentric you know lowering using the bicep to get it back down to the start with proteus you do a bicep curl up and then to get it down you actually push down with your tricep so, so I'd imagine there's a lot less soreness and that sort of thing with training with the Proteus right. because it's concentric only training in that sense. Yes, it's it, we like to say concentrically biased, you know, just because it's impossible to uh, you know fully eliminate the eccentric phase, um, but it is mostly concentric. Uh, and you know, some people first hear that and they're like, "Oh, that's why would I do it? The eccentric phase is so important," which it totally is. Um, the the problem is is that when it comes to, there's, there's just actually a lot of benefits to the concentrically biased training. And it's mainly around a couple of different factors. One is from a testing standpoint, it's extremely, extremely safe. So I can do a maximum effort test. And because I don't have to worry about the eccentric control after I do the maximum effort, I it, it's way safer. It's the same reason why tossing med balls for distance. Like people don't get hurt doing that. That's a concentrically biased activity or cycling. That's a concentrically biased activity, pushing a sled also concentrically biased, right? There's lots of examples out there, but it also allows us to be super efficient in our testing. Cause we, when we do any, anytime we do a movement, if I do a bicep curl or a bicep test, I immediately get to look at the tricep as well. So that adds to our efficiency because we go bicep, tricep, bicep, tricep, right? Um, but then there's the, like, just from a training standpoint, you could still do your typical, you know, uh, uh, concentric and eccentric, you know, type training with typical weights. But if you add in Proteus, you're going to add a lot more volume, 
without necessitating the increased recovery, right? Because constant biased training allows that to happen. It's like, you know, you can always add a biking session on to the end of a workout and it's not going to hurt anything. Right. Uh, but now imagine being able to add all these, this extra volume of training that's really beneficial to not only just the metabolic conditioning of the individual muscles you're working, but also the neuromuscular conditioning and training, right? I'm getting a lot more muscle firing with Proteus over that range of motion, then I am lifting weights doing even during just the concentric phase. We've shown that our, the EMG activity is way higher for a longer period of time comparing to the same resistance, uh, you know, on Proteus to a pulley or a cable. So you get to add that neuromuscular stimulus for that longer period of time. And that recovery is going to take 24 hours, right? Right. It's not going to take several days, which is what would happen if you were to, you know, uh, do the same amount of volume with, you know, that included eccentrics. Um, so yeah, it adds the ability to add another layer of training complexity, volume, and neuromuscular stimulation that you just wouldn't have uh, without the technology. As you mentioned, eccentrics are important because obviously we need to slow and control more. However, I always ask people, why is it that you're doing what you're doing in your training? So if you're doing the eccentrics to work on that slow controlled movement, hey, keep doing it. But if you're doing eccentrics because, you know, you think it's going to lead to better muscle strength gains and that sort of thing, then, you know, that's not the only way to get stronger. Or if you're doing eccentrics because you want tendon health and tendon loading. From what I've seen lately, it's more about total time under tension than it is the eccentric phase alone. Isometrics. And, and yeah, like and that. you yeah. could probably hit isometric contractions on the Proteus machine, I would imagine. But I mean, why not just focus on super slow and controlled concentrics? You can ramp yeah. up time under tension by just doing slow controlled movement. Totally. And I'm sure you'll wake up muscles you didn't know you had by doing those, say, pitching motion kind of thing here. Yeah. Going down super slow and going back up super slow. Yeah. I would say PNFs, like, you know, those type of movement patterns, do it on Proteus and you'll feel the difference on how much more of your body is activated during that. And something that's really interesting is the proprioceptive feedback the resistance gives you. So for, for, for people who know the difference here, there's open chain and closed chain exercise, right? Um, you know, open chain, obviously something like a bicep curl, uh, you know, closed chain is something like a, a pushup, right? Or, or if we, if we do the same, uh, same type of, uh, comparisons here, uh, if we're working on the chest and we're doing pushing movements, a closed chain exercise is a pushup an open chain exercise is a bench, right? And there's different things as PTs that we're trained on that happen to the joints and the muscles and the nervous system during open and closed chain exercises. Proteus is a, the only thing I know of that is a hybrid of open and closed chain. It gives you the feedback and arthrokinematic um, uh, you know, kind of environment of a closed chain, but it, which is very safe, lots of, you know, you know, joint congruency, lots of, you know, stabilizers active, but you're doing it in an open chain pattern. So what it ends up happening is you do something like that PNF and you do a split stance, you know, you're in a split stance and you're doing that PNF because you have to be organized from the beginning of the movement all the way through the end. You literally, and we call this the Proteus stumble. When you first do these exercises, 
and you are not used to it, you almost lose your balance because you have to be so much more grounded the whole way through. You have to be organized as soon as you start that movement and you push down on the, you know, doing the handle, doing that PNF, the shoulder blade muscles, all the scapular muscles are active. The core is active, your hips and feet and everything you at, you feel activated from the ground all the way through your body into your hand where you're grabbing onto the handle. And that's from that proprioceptive feedback and from that resist and due to the resistance uh, being consistent the entire way through and never changing. It never gives your body a break from being organized, so to speak. So it's a really different experience. Everyone, when they do a trunk rotation or something like that, the first time, uh, they always take a little stumble forward or backwards because <laughs> they're not used to having to have that organization. Their brain is thinking pulley or med ball, and it feels completely different. After a couple of reps, yeah, obviously they 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 find the groove and they get into it. And but what's really cool is to see the carryover after they do it. So if they do some of these activities, you say like for a warm up before hitting a golf ball, doing a bullpen or something like that. And then they go do that. We've actually seen some performance increases happen immediately after doing Proteus warmups. And we think it's because of this high neuromuscular activation, uh, kind of like a post-activation potentiation effect that allows them to then sequence things more correctly uh, in their actual sporting movements. And there needs to be way more research on this, but it's been pretty, uh, it's been pretty like consistently seen with a lot of our customers who have that type of practice. Definitely. I mean, look at, you know, RPR, reflexive performance reset, or even just the power of mentally picturing yourself doing something yeah. in your mind, and then what you can do afterwards, right? Like, yeah. there's some crazy power to the neurological system as it comes to strength and power and athletic performance that we don't quite know how it works, but it certainly works. Now, yeah. as you were talking there, I know that you were mentioning uh, about the uh, strength and resistance and how it adapts based on the movement. Are you able to see on the objective data where in a mo motion or movement, someone slows down or speeds up or changes yeah. their pace? Yeah, exactly. We, so whenever you do a test on the system for every repetition, we record the path of your movement. We actually have a 3D rendering of that movement in one of the analysis screens where you can see where the speed and power peak and where, where it's, you know, slows down. And so we can actually create these power maps. And what's super interesting uh, or valuable about that is, is really in the rotational movements. So if you're a rotational athlete, baseball, golf, tennis, even like MMA, you know, combat sports, um, you can see where in the range of motion your velocity and power is peaking. And obviously you want that to peak at ball contact or, you know, in the, in the, uh, uh, the fighters, uh, case at, you know, fist to face contact <laughs> or whatever. Uh, but you know, we, you can actually look on the power map and see where that red zone of peak power is occurring. And then if it say it's occurring too late, that's an indication that instead of maybe, let's say your, your power value and your velocity power values were good, you're happy with those, but they're occurring too late in the range of motion, then what we want to encourage is to work on acceleration, right? So that occurs, so that peak power and velocity occurs earlier in the range of motion so that, you know, you're getting more optimal ball contact and more optimal expression of that power.
Right. And that opens up a whole new uh, opportunity for physios, strength coaches, even athletic coaches to start playing around with the cues they give their athlete. Um, Back in the spring, I had a conversation with Dr. Frank Dick, who really emphasized the importance of correct cueing for the athlete sitting in Mm. front of you. So if you're working with that boxer or MMA fighter and you're trying to get them to throw a really hard punch to knock someone down, then you might say, you know, with the first one, hey, just brace your core if you punch and then see Mm -hmm. what the power looks like. Next Mm -hmm. one, try a breathing pattern and see if they can time the key up with the contact point and see what that does to power. Mm -hmm. Try a pelvic floor cue. Try all these different cues and see what happens as a result because you might be surprised to find out that using a different cue actually creates better power and more power creates a better athlete overall. Yeah. And and we give those in the form of, I think the research is pretty consistent that external cueing is the best cueing, right? So if you external versus internal cueing is, is what I mean there. And the difference there would be like, feel your shoulder contract would be an internal cue. Like when you throw your punch, right? Feel, feel your, your pec contract. That's like an internal, I'm not saying that's a good cue. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just like giving it a, a, an easy example versus instead look at on the screen and see that power number go up, right? Try to make this number go up the performance um, both objectively. So meaning the value of the, of the desired outcome is, is, is better with external cueing, but also the quality of the movement is often even better too with external cueing. So um, we provide that obviously in the form of the screen, we have sound effects, things like that. You can see your numbers going up and down. Um, so I think that that also kind of aids in that teaching experience um, for you to be able as a practitioner, like you said, whether you're a coach or a, or a PT, to be able to um, use the that external cueing to your advantage for whatever your goal is. Yeah, it allows you to further individualize your overall coaching strategy with the right. athlete in front of you. Mm-hmm. And I know for those listening, they're probably getting you know, a little bit tired of, you know, power, power, power. And they're probably wondering why is power so important? Like, I just want to build a bench press four plates. Right. And to me, I mean, power in my own words is the ability to knock someone on their rear end and continue forward. Right. I like it. I mean, if you look at the NFL combine, it's what 40 yard dash, vertical jump, broad jump. It's all these power based tests. And yeah. I imagine the more power you can produce, the better you're going to perform on those. Yeah. Therefore, the more likely you are to, you know, go higher in a draft or, you know, even get drafted in the first place. If you put up good numbers, you got, you got, I mean, what we always say is power is the currency of sport. Like that's our kind of little tagline that we say a lot because what ultimately determines your success in most sporting, uh, you know, sports is, not just your ability to produce force, which is strength, right? So like you said, that's the guy that strength is your ability to produce, you know, how much can you bench, right? What's that maximum weight? But your ability to perform in sport is not just a function of how much force you can produce, but how much velocity with that force production you can produce. And that's what power is. Power is force times velocity. So that's ultimately going to determine how, say, like high you jump or how fast you run is, is your power expression not your force expression. And the best way to think about it is this. If you got a guy, you, we all know or seen those guys or can imagine people who are 
literally ironically called power lifters, <laughs> um, <laughs> which are all really, they should be called strength or force lifters, right? Because, uh, you know, those guys are, let's say have some massive squat, like a 700 pound squat. That guy can't jump nearly as high as, you know, some, you know, a wide receiver or someone like that, who has a lot better power expression per their pound for pound body weight, right? They can produce a lot. They can produce force much more quickly and, uh, and they produce enough force to move their body weight quickly. And what we're really providing is a way to efficiently measure power and train power um, because it is so important in sport, but not just sport, even life. Like as a, as we age, we lose power production before we lose strength, before we lose endurance. That's the first thing that goes. The reason people leave sports and age out of sports uh, and retire when they're in their thirties and such from sport is actually because their loss of power production for the most part. Right. Uh, if it's a power, you know, if it's something like a typical, you know, team sport, baseball, basketball, you know, football, it's because they can't react. They can't produce as much speed with their force production as they used to be able to. So your ability to monitor that and train that safely as we age um, and when you recover from injury is key to being able to perform optimally safely and all that. Um, because velocity is just a, it's a part of the equation. It's what keeps you from often what keeps you from getting injured is the ability to react quickly on top of reacting with enough force. Definitely. So. Definitely. And I mean, you look at the age that some of these different, um, athletes are playing into now. I mean, Tom Brady's in his mid forties, Brett Favre was in his forties. Yeah. Uh, if you're a Yankees fan like me, uh, Roger Clemens came out of retirement and came back and yeah. pitched into his mid forties. Like these are guys who are definitely defying the aging process. Right. And every single one of them has a very well-structured, uh, exercise training program. And I, yeah haven't seen the ins and outs of that but i'm willing to bet that they emphasize power at some point in there because yeah. they know that's what they need and right. you know for those listening sports and athletics can be a lifelong thing just because you know you get out of college sports or you retire from professional sports doesn't mean that you know your career is over for good there's other ways to move forward in sport and stay involved and all you have to do is stay up to date with your training. So you stay healthy and you can continue to perform at the yeah. level that you want to play at. Yeah. And, and, and something that we're, I completely agree. And I think we have these players, you know, professional athletes, especially a lot of them going later into their, you know, years playing the sports for longer. Uh, I think because of the, you know, training philosophies and, and technologies and everything are, are, are catching up to, you know, what we know more, how to train them more efficiently. We know how to train them optimally. And, and Proteus is just part of that, you know, process, right? We're providing people the ability to analyze these things that were just traditionally, like they were known to be important. I think they've, they've grown in importance for people recognize the importance of, of training these qualities more and more now, but now the tools have to catch up with what we know to be, you know, uh, successful or what we know to be, uh, um, efficient and, uh, going to create the most results. And the technology is now catching up with that. And we're a big part of that, or we plan to be a big part of that 
um, you know, going into the future. Definitely. I mean, I think you guys are really pioneering the way forward here. And you look at where research was even just up until a few years ago, like I'm still seeing isokinetic studies and I'm like, look, you know, that's great, but life happens outside of a leg extension and leg curl yeah. and a pattern, right? Yeah. I mean, that's something, it's funny. We get compared to isokinetics a lot, which is a, definitely an older technology. I, it's a great technology. It still has application. Um, but the, the difference in us and isokinetic is, is kind of interesting, uh, just as a quick sidebar. So isokinetic, right, is isokinetic. It means same speed. So it, it gives you varying resistance at a set speed, right? Whereas we're the opposite. We give you varying, uh, varying, or sorry, the same resistance at varying speeds, right? So no matter how fast you move, no matter what direction you move, you're always going to get this uh, same resistance. And there's some similar training effects that happen in the body as far as EMG activity and all that. Um, but what's probably the biggest difference is we have three degrees of freedom of movement to your point. So like an isokinetic machine, like you said, it's, it's, they're all just, you know, single plane movements, knee extension, hamstring curl, bicep curl, tries, you know, maybe some rotational stuff for IR, ER, that type of thing. But they can't do like, you know, full body they can do like vertical jumps like we can or lateral bounds or these like you know more complex triplanar movements they just don't have the those machines don't have the ability to create that type of resistance yeah definitely definitely now i know we were talking earlier about the applications to say baseball and mma mm -hmm. and golf but have there been any other sports that you've used Proteus with that kind of surprised you of how applicable it was or how much of a benefit it had? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the one that jumps out to me the most is definitely combat sports. So boxing, MMA, and I know we talked a little bit about that earlier, but, you know, we haven't mentioned it all like like the workout, like metabolic conditioning side of Proteus, but we have all these workouts in there that we call, we call them finishers, but they're really more like metabolic, like hit sessions where you're doing like 30 seconds on 10 seconds, that type of stuff. Um, Tabata style training. And it is an absolute killer on you, man. If you do one of these, I'm telling you guys go out there, you get to a Proteus, do the afterburner. It's one of our like classic ones that we've had. I mean, imagine doing chop ups and downs, but you're working equally on the up and the down. You're working harder on the up and the down than you would on a normal machine. So you're getting double the effort there and it's harder during the range of motion. Metabolically, it is just a killer. And what's so cool about, um, you know, what the technology can do is you can do that to train the metabolic side, but then also it's like we were talking about before, it's excellent for peak power production and training. So, what those athletes need, combat athletes need more than anything is the ability to have high, you know, high power output to have that knockout strike. And then they got to have to have that in the 12th round, right. Or at the end, or if they're MMA, right. At the end of five rounds of, you know, of a MMA fight. So the, the ability to train all those different aspects, that's the sport to me. I, I've said this for years. That's the one that I think would benefit from all the features the most. Um, but I mean, you can train, I mean, we work with volleyball players. We work with basketball players. We got a lot of basketball, um, you know, people working with it in basketball right now, looking at, 
you know, their ability to measure lower extremity, like cutting and jumping and uh, even your ability to fight through traffic doing things like um, there's this really cool workout I've seen someone doing where they're doing almost like a Euro step on Proteus. So they have to work that like kind of crossover move, work in the almost like a landmine with a lateral bound. It's, it's wild. And their ability to do that, you know, more efficiently with more force and power is only going to help them, you know, when they're in their sport. So, uh, and also obviously give them those recommendations on how they should train based on their results. So uh, it, and we're really building this to be a tool for al almost any sport, really. Uh, you know, there's only a few I can think of that, you know, aren't maybe won't, you know, use it a ton. And even those, there's probably some benefit to them if they did use it. Uh, but there's only a few that I can think of that, you know, even at this point, uh, you know, maybe in f further versions of our machine down the line, maybe would have more application. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I can see a lot of application to things all the way from like even field hockey or soccer oh, yeah. in a way, all the way up to your strict overhead sports, even like lacrosse too, that yeah. same overhead kind of motion. Yep. I can't tell you how many lacrosse players I've seen with that classic, uh, I call it lax back right now, just that low back pain from that really sharp, quick shot combo. And it's like, if you can build strength there, you yeah. can probably make some amazing things happen. Yeah. But as you're talking, I realized too, this is not just the kind of thing that athletes can use and PTs and coaches, but really anyone across the lifespan could find benefit from training with Proteus because power, as you mentioned earlier, declines with age. So yeah. we want to keep power high as high as we can. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong, in my opinion, with someone going out, doing some exercise in a Metcon or Tabata kind of style, like you mentioned, and torching a few calories and getting up and getting active. So I think this is something that could really benefit anyone, regardless of your yeah. situation. And you can scale it up or down on resistance, probably as low as you want to go and as high as you want to go. Yeah. I mean, our biggest fans are actually some of our most adamant fans and users are actually uh, 40 to 60 year olds. And in particular uh, women actually that are using it, not for any particular sport. Right. I mean, yeah, some of them play sports and stuff, but just that the type of workout that you get on it and also how safe it is. Like it's a, your risk of injury is super, super low, which is really important when training for power, right? Because inherently with traditional training modalities, that type of training comes with a lot of injury risk. And we've kind of eliminated that because it's, you know, momentum minimized and, you know, concentrically biased, you know, as we talked about, um, so it does enable you to train power for pretty much any group, uh, of, of people. Um, but we, you're also able, uh, to use it, you know, like, like we talked about before to get these really, really efficient time, efficient metabolic conditioning routines, uh, in there. So, um, you know, you think of, you know, how people can bike their entire life, right? Like there's no, that, you know, you, when you're older, you can still bike and, you know, all this and go to spin classes and all that. Proteus, it, again, has like a similar type of resistance profile in that it's concentrically biased. So you can do this to really any point in your life or health span and get some benefits. Yeah. And it saves you the time and effort of setting up, you know, the power rack and then loading the plates yeah. and all that sort of thing. Because you can do 
front squats, deadlifts, lunges, all those same movement patterns with the Proteus. Uh, and you don't have to worry about all those adjustments and loads. It's a great point. I mean, that up is quick. I, I know that's a little thing, but you know, when you're like me and I deadlifted yesterday and I was looking at, you know, you get the 445s on each side and then a couple other plates, and it's like, this is going to take like three or four minutes to yeah. completely put this all back, put it all away. And it's like, imagine if I had those four minutes to sneak another exercise or two. Yeah. Like, you know, time is money, as they say. Hey, man, it's the one thing you'll never get back. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> like if you can make things more efficient, like there's no downside to that. Right. Um, so, you know, if anything, the only thing you might have to do is tell people to slow down right because they're <laughs> they might be going too fast through a routine or something but uh you know in general yeah efficiency is 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 only positive and really that's one of the big things uh, from a selling standpoint to the customers that we work with in all these different in uh, industries is that time efficiency aspect because if you're a pt clinic you can do a lot of performance tests um you know more frequently uh getting that objective data without a lot of setup, it's, it's not going to take, it takes a 10th of the time to set it up compared to like an isokinetic machine or something like that. I mean, may, I don't even like, you can't even compare it to that. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, a, you know, it's just a, a much newer technology. So, I mean, setup is a breeze um, for that type of, uh, you know, testing. But then if you're doing like a full body workout or something like that, you can get literally full body workouts in like five, 10 minutes and just be absolutely smoked. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, you don't have to use it that way, but you can. And for businesses to have that flexibility to use it in all these different ways, that's, that's been a big important thing for us because we want them, we know time is money and we want them to get their ROI out of this machine, right? And actually use it to make money, not burn a hole in their pocket. Exactly, exactly. It's an investment in your client's results and your own financial results, which yeah. I mean, you, you can't lose when everyone's winning, right? Well, yeah. Well, and that's the other thing is just to add on to that real quick is we actually, if you're a PT business, we actually can show you how it, it can get you an ROI from your billing. So you can charge for things like performance tests and measures, which is a charge that not a lot of facilities use. Or you can um, actually use it to justify continued care to, you know, help diagnose other areas of the body that are injured due to your injury and extend care um, or introduce new, you know, uh, you know, uh, codes for new areas that need uh, addressing. So we, we've actually shown how, you know, even though when you buy the machine, you can get that ROI fairly quickly in a PT setting. Um, and not to mention you add on the cash pay or like gym type scenarios where you have these tests in here and we have facilities that charge for these evaluations, right? So it allows you to add that extra revenue stream. If you're a PT facility, wanting to do more sports performance or, you know, almost like kind of like having an in-body and doing body composition, you can give people these reports that show them where they're weak and where they're strong on their entire body. And it gives them a program to follow, to be able to improve those things, you can charge for that as a business. And it, it's a good way for you to get that, um, you know, return on your investment. And that's why most, you know, a vast majority of our customers, you know, see return on investment, you know, within the first few months, very, very quickly.
Yeah, you really can't beat that, especially yeah. in today's day and age. So, Will, as we start to wrap up here, man, do you have any kind of closing thoughts or closing remarks or anything that we missed when we were talking away here? No, I'm Dan. I can't think of anything, man. I mean, this is uh, I'm, I'm lucky to be doing this job. It's fun. Um, you know, the product's really cool. Uh, I encourage people to reach out to us and ask questions. I mean, we we I think the thing is, is like uh, we have a really hardworking team. We're trying to push things forward. Um, and we're always have our ears open for suggestions on improvements, things that people want to see, you know, studies they want to see, like all that stuff we're throwing into our, our roadmap and plan. And, um, you know, we're never going to pretend we're something we're not, you know, and we're going to try to keep moving uh, forward with doing the best we can with the technology and trying to kind of elevate, you know, the human, human performance through our technology. I can attest to you guys being hardworking because, I mean, I spent 45 minutes on the phone with one of your directors on Labor Day. I mean, you guys ever take a day off? I mean, yeah, uh, no, I mean, we have some people, that, I mean, uh, for I know who you're talking about. And uh, Larry is a hardworking cat, man. No one works as hard as Larry Domingo. So <laughs> he, he, uh, and he, lo he loves talking to our customers. And I mean, you really will find... Go out and talk to any of our customers, our customer service and our relationships with our customers are everything to us. And we, you know, really try to keep those going before, after, and, you know, the sale and the contract is signed. And, you know, I still have tons of our customers have my phone number, text me, call me all the time with questions and ideas. And it's the fun part of my job, honestly, to be able to talk to them about that stuff and just nerd out you know <laughs> yeah for sure you can't beat that yeah for people who want to reach out or find out more about the company where the, where can they find you guys uh the best is on instagram at proteus motion uh and then you can also uh, go to our website proteusmotion.com uh and we're also on you know uh you know twitter tiktok or all that with we're at proteus motion so any of those channels uh is uh, you can find us so we can expect to see a TikTok of you doing some kind of trendy dance while holding the Proteus, right? So not only can you expect it, I've already done that. And you can go <laughs> back and look, you can go back and look at one where I did a trendy dance with Proteus uh, uh, with, uh, it was, a, what was it, that Horace thing on TikTok? It was this weird, like augmented reality dude. And I was like dancing with Proteus and that guy. It was strange. <laughs> Functional fitness, man. Hey, man, just try to just try to elevate the awareness. That's all. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Well, it was great talking with you. I appreciate you. So fun, dude. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brown Body Health and Fitness Podcast. If you liked this episode, please make sure to share it with a friend, subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes, and leave a review. This way we can spread knowledge and motivation and help reach more people. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.